Welcome in to a special edition of the Saturday Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller in here. We're going to talk listener questions, really, is what we're going to do. I figured you guys have given me so many, and I thought we would tackle a couple of them on the weekends. So how about that? We have a good one today about decans, but before we get there, let's talk about one aspect in the sky that you should at least know of in a post-eclipse context. Venus squares Chiron today. Now, this one is interesting, so let's take a look at this, especially if you're in a relationship or even a relationship with money, because Venus rules both. We might want to think about this, and also relative to our intuition, at least for today. The reason is we're talking about the sign of cancer, where Venus and the moon both are today. Whenever you hear cancer in the chart, you should instantly just relate it to or even replace it with intuition, subconscious mind, internal self, where we came from, our origins, our roots. But if you threw a keyword on there to really focus and dial it in, use intuition, because both with the moon and with cancer, That's the pathway. That's the energetic pathway represented. So when we talk about the moon being in Cancer, heightened intuition. When the moon moves into Leo, it's more of the prompting of how can you reach out? How can you affect the world? How can you start something up maybe? And I know it's only two to three days at the most, but these are the rhythms of the month that we go through every month. And so I think if we were to get in tune with these things a little better and just cycle these flows, these ebbs and flows in our life, then we would be more in tune with that cosmic energy. Now, whether that translates into, you know, that you're going to pick the seven lottery numbers tonight for Saturday night's Mega Millions jackpot, yeah, probably not. But if you're using today, the rest of today, because tomorrow the moon ingresses over into Leo, But if you're using the rest of today intuitively, then that's a really great thing. And if you're aware that the moon and Venus are right there together and almost in the middle of the sign of cancer, squaring Chiron, which is in Aries, then you know that maybe there could be some tensions or just some issues that might come up that are wanting to be addressed. What areas? Well, because of cancer, home, because of Venus, money. Because of Venus, our relationship to things that are artsy and beautiful. You know, if you've been having tension in your relationship, for example, a little bit, and your partner comes in and says, honey, I'd like to spend the weekend to paint the bedroom. And that triggers in you something that might be connected to that wounded healing Chiron that says that is the last thing that I have on my mind for this weekend You might just tune in and dial in and see if there's a green light to go ahead and paint the bedroom. You know, it's that's the thing is like work on the issues that come up. All right. We have a great question here about how you subdivide, chop and slice and dice the chart. Hi, Thomas. This is Kimberly out in Ohio. And my question, I have the um, the report for the power. I love this report. It's wonderful. There is a part in there where it talks about the deaconates, deacons, and I, I get the deacons for my sun and moon because it was by date, but then it also gave 
a deacon for my ascendant. I get that the first deaconate Leo is based on date, but what are the deaconates for other planets based off of? Thank you. And I love your podcast. (laughs) I love listening to it every day before I go to work. Bye. You know, Kimberly in Ohio, you are precious. And one of the things that I love the most about this speak pipe on the website and getting these messages from you guys is just how adorable you guys are. You are the best listeners on the planet. No, you are the best listeners in the whole galaxy. (laughs) And there may be others. I still have the objective to get this thing piped into the International Space Station one day. But you guys are just amazing. So thank you for that question. And thank you for listening. And thank you for encouraging me like you do. Now, let's talk about what she's talking about. So I think yesterday we talked about the transits and progressions difference. And I mentioned, think of the chart, think of your natal chart like a Photoshop photograph. So let's say we go out to the beach and we snap a sunset picture. We put it in Photoshop and then we can add all kinds of layers to it. We can embellish that picture in all kinds of ways. The astrological chart can be equally sliced and diced and minced in all kinds of different ways. And this is one of them. Now, what Kimberly is talking about is the planetary strength report that's available there on the website. And a lot of you have been ordering this. So this is a good question that a lot of you who have ordered that report might also wonder this same thing. Because it goes into what's called decans. All right. Now, this is a slice and dice. This is a Photoshop layer on the chart. For every sign, you have 30 degrees. There are 12 signs that comprise our tropical western zodiac. Every sign has 30 degrees. The decans simply divide each sign by three, 10 degrees each, equal division. And what it does is the decan then adds another planet to the rulership of where that planet that we're talking about is positioned. Did I lose you? Let's try that again. You divide each 30-degree sign equally by thirds, 10 degrees each. In the first 10 degrees, you drop another planet. Middle 10, another planet. Third 10, yet another planet. And there's an order to it. I'm not going to go that deep into this. But for example, as I'm looking at today's chart, the sun, as I'm looking at it, is at 21 degrees Gemini. That puts the sun in the third decan. Why? 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30. We're at 21, third decan. And where it's positioned right now, ironically, the sun is in the third, is the ruler of that third decan. So the sun has no other additional ruler. Two days ago, it was in the second decan, which was ruled by Mars. So that put that extra power, if you will, oomph, influence. You remember the eclipse took place at 19 degrees and how everybody was talking about how electric it was, how energizing it was. It's because the eclipse was in a decan ruled by Mars. Power, fire. Why do I not talk about it on the podcast? Well, because number one, I try to keep these light and I also try to keep them within a certain time limit to keep them short for you. And 
because there are already 12 signs, 12 houses, and 10 planets or luminaries. You do the math on that, you get 1,440 different combinations. So think about if you're Steve Forrest and you're sitting down to design software like the Sky Within Report, you have to cover 1,440 possibilities. And that's not including the nodes of the moon or things like Chiron. Or, in Kimberly's example, things like the Ascendant or the Midheaven. Now, that's what Kimberly is asking about. Because the Planetary Strength Report includes a section about the Deccans and it mentions the Ascendant. That was the sunrise point at the time of your birth. So the very simple answer is that, too, is also a point in the chart. So if you look at the information that shows, like, where your sun and where all the planets are in the signs and the degrees and everything, there's usually that accompanying any of the major chart programs. Typically, it lists the ascendant and the midheaven and sometimes the other two. But those are points in the chart. Now, the reason they get lost, and this is one of the beefs that I have with Placidus as far as especially learning astrology, is that it, Placidus, which was developed by a dude named Placidus in the 1600s, is he took that ascendant point and made it the cusp of the first house. And then he took the midheaven and made it the cusp of the 10th house. And then he worked some math and magic on it and bent the rest of the houses around those two points, sort of. And Placidus is a great system. And whole sign is a great system. It's the oldest one of them all. But on whole sign or equal or the what's called the equal house systems, you can see the ascendant in the midheaven as points, just like the sun and the moon and Mars and everybody else. So you just look at that as like right now my eyes are landing on today and the ascendant is at zero degrees Virgo, first decan. And that ironically, that first decan of Virgo has the sun as its ruler. So the sun is all over the place this morning. But see, that would put that ascendant with the sun. So it's a way of further slicing and dicing the chart. Now, do you want another Photoshop layer? <laughs> Let's throw the term bounds and terms on the table because bounds and terms further are another subdivision. This takes a sign and cuts it into five unequal parts. Whoa! So yes, that's right. You can have decans, three equal parts. And then many charts, in fact, the one that I keep up on my Janus software, I keep up with both the decans divided by three and the terms or bounds divided by five. And that drills it down even more. Oh, and by the way, there's the Egyptian terms and bounds and the Chaldean terms and bounds. And your software gives you an option of which one of those to choose. You see how deep and vast and wide this is? And the fact that they all work is what just blows your mind. So astrology really is just a magnificent study of how we are wired, how the sky reflects that, and how deeply we can drill down into our lives. All right, Kimberly, I hope that answers your question, and I hope you understand. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening on Saturday. I'm going to come back tomorrow and we'll do another one. All right? Or two, maybe if we can. See ya. <laughs>